Welcome back to the show, Fitness Freaks. And it's a show, I think, very much done on, on the fly because we feel like the conversational vibes feel like you're having a, a hot bath with friends. No, no, that's not good. No, I mean a, uh, a COVID-free hug for your mind. No, no, I don't like that one either. Let's go with, um, it's just because we really like to chat with each other. And this week, we've got a really, really excited, I'm really excited that the guest we have is uh, professional triathlete Tom Davis. I'm going to let Sam do the full introduction, but Tom, welcome to the show. Uh, really excited to have you on. Um, and if you don't know us, and if you're new to the show and, and you don't know us and you're listening for the first time, what I thought I would do is I would draw comparisons from the literary or film world about the three of us to kind of give you the vibe that we're on. And this week I have chosen Star Wars for the first week. And I would like to see myself as the Yoda of the group. Um, unfortunately, not because I'm wise. It's more because I'm old and that I'm small and wrinkly. I'm really, really tired most of the time. And I, I imagine I would probably race like Yoda does. So that's that's me. And then we have Sam. Morning, Sam. Morning. Hello, Sam. Evening, Sam. Hello, Ben. You all right? <laughs> so, Sam, I've drawn the comparison of you. Uh, you are Obi-Wan, but not the old dusty Alec Guinness one, the one that's like basically given up on life and wants to die. Not that one. I'm thinking like the Ewan McGregor style one where you're young but still wise. You've got lots of fight in you and you like a goatee or a beard. So <laughs> I've gone with Obi-Wan for you. I will take that. I was thinking I was going to be one of the... Uh the weird monsters from the jungle planet well, 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 with like balls on my face. Well, well wait, <laughs> so, I, was, I was gonna then go into uh, go into George and go, you're the little rat thing that sits on Jabba, but no, I'm not going there. You, I, you, George, George, I've gone with Luke Skywalker because you're the, the young, keen one of the group, loves your learning, got a lot of unlocked potential, but I am, I'm just a little worried. I don't even know if you've had a, if you've got a sister, but if you have, I'm kind of hoping you haven't kissed her passionately at some point. Like Luke. <laughs> no, two older brothers. Okay, good. Then we're good. So that is the comparison. Stick away from them as well. Tom, that's us. So now you know, and I'm going to let Sam uh, introduce you properly. <laughs> yeah, so like Ben said, we're, we're super happy to have Tom with us today. He's a guy that I have raced once. Saw him on the start line and thought he looks pretty handy. Um, and then that was pretty much the only time I saw him. So <laughs> like Ben said in a previous you know yeah miles ahead um like ben said in a previous episode i would i turn up to a lot of races around kent and kind of expect to be at the front or near the front and i saw tom speed off into the distance in the swim and thought oh you know what i'll get him on the bike in the run but never saw him again and since then he's only got stronger and stronger and had an amazing race last weekend in daytona where he at one point was leading the race um battling against the best of the best in the world really holding his own and I mean, I saw on your social media that you did that all without your power working and having kind of just travelled out there for the race and probably battling with jet lag and all kinds of stuff. So, Tom, congratulations on that race, mate. Welcome. And I don't know what Star Wars character you'd be. Have you got any ideas? <laughs> yeah, maybe you have to. Maybe that's the the vibe. You you have to give yourself a Star Wars character. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, well, Star Wars. I don't know. That's a um, tricky one. I'm not. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, actually. Um, yeah, no, I, I struggle with that. Okay, you, well, you stick to your triathlon, which you're yeah, obviously pretty good at. Fair so. enough. And exactly, I did think, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That, that's my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it would fall down if you weren't a Star Wars fan, to be fair. But I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is. Most people know the the characters I've named. I think, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so, sure most people have seen more Star Wars than me. <laughs> yeah. 
you're spending too much time in the pool. That's I was going to say, too busy training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tom, talk us through your race last weekend. So, obviously, you you went out specifically for the race, and it was one of the only races this year. Um, how has this year been, and how was the prep for the race in terms of difference to normal? Yeah, I mean, this this year's been, you know, it's been really, really odd. Um, I, I've been pretty lucky in that I've just... Um, I've, I've tried to stay as normal as possible, just sort of kept kept training. Um, I've been quite lucky in that, I you know, obviously I did the same thing as everyone at the start where I swam in a paddling pool and, you know, tied myself to a garage wall and all that sort of stupid stuff. Um, but then, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to, so I got a couple of races in, so I went out to Poland for one. Um, and then I did the Outlaw X in the UK as well. Um, but, but Daytona was definitely a very different race to what you're used to. Um, so sort of we, we all headed over there. We had to form a little bubble in a hotel. Um, we weren't really allowed out um, apart from training and that sort of thing. So, you know, that was, that was quite a lot different to, to how we normally race. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the race itself, it was, you know, it was, it was basically the who's who of triathlon. And going into it, I didn't really have an idea of where I wanted to come. I'd like, I would have liked a top 20. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really... You know, you, you don't know where anyone is. As I say, it's been such a such a strange, strange year um, that you don't know how anyone's training's gone. But yeah, no, I went into it and you know, I, I can't complain. I think I, you know, I came twelfth, and as you say, I was I was leading. That was never gonna that was never on the game plan, but it was a nice little surprise. Um, but yeah, sort of a sort of solid swim out with the out with the the swimmers, the Sh- the Schumans and Brownies. Hung tough on the bike and sort of stayed in that front pack, and then. Yeah, onto the run, and it was um, it was it was all going great for the first ten k, and then we sort of I hit a wall and went backwards rather quickly. Um, yeah, as it does. No, it, it was it was a great it was great fun and really good experience, and you know I think it was just I felt, I felt really lucky just to um, you know just to be able to race and to race that sort of field. Yeah, it was it was something that I didn't expect this year to be honest. Yeah. On that subject of the, the, the completely kind of world-class field, how does it feel for you who's someone, I mean, not, you're not fairly new to pro triathlon, but you're kind of fairly new to fields that size, I would imagine. How does it feel to be kind of on the start line with all these top names? Does it, is that sort of star, did you get starstruck or do you just plough on through it and just stick to your own game plan? Um, yeah, I think, I think you have to try and ignore it. Um, at the end of the day, you, you, when you're racing these guys, you know, you've, you can't, um, you can't think too much about it or you're almost putting yourself out the race before you start. Um, I mean, you know, I've come from the ITU, come from ITU racing. So, you know, swimming with 50, 60 guys is something that I'm pretty, pretty, I wouldn't say used to, but it's something I've done a few times. Um, but yeah, I mean, ne- you know, never against never against this level of swimmer and it's a completely different completely different experience um but yeah as i say you know you just got to sort of put who it is to the back of your mind and just as i say race who's there and sort of have confidence in yourself that actually you're good enough to be standing on the same start line as them can i just ask was there the level of excitement in the athlete village as there was i think for the general public watching it or are you guys all cool calm collected about this or was there you know was there a sense of excitement um i think to be honest we were all just excited to have a race and for a lot of the guys it was it was their first race of the year um 
and, and you know, we'd been out there for the best part of a week and the PTO had really looked after us. You know, we were doing photo shoots and we were doing all that sort of stuff um, in the week beforehand. So that was, you know, that was really building up the excitement for the athletes. But yeah, I think, I think to be honest, it, most people were just grateful to be on a start line um, and have the opportunity to race after, after a year of not being sure really what was going to happen. You know, I think most of us had written this year off, to be fair. God, I've got a question to ask. I just, I really, really want to know, honestly, what was going through your head when you were in, when you found yourself in first? Like, what, what was happening there? I think the first thing I thought was, I better not muck this up. Um, you know, it was like there, there was the there was the, team, there, there was the three, there, there was the three TV camera bikes following me, a truck. You know, there was yeah, everything there, and I was just like. Well, you know, you, you've done it now. You better not. You better not go the wrong way or something stupid. Um, that, that was my first thought, and then it was actually, you know, who's around me, and then then it's back into racing. You know, you've got you can you've got to get yourself back into the moment if you can. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, certainly the first the first few hundred meters was a bit of a what am I doing here moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> and and did you know at that point you were in in first instantly? Oh yeah, no, I'd I'd, um, I'd seen the boys go out of transition, so I'd come in just off the well with the front pack. Um, so I knew who was there and who was around me, and I'd seen Ali go out pretty hard, um, and then sort of almost pull up with a calf injury. Um, and I, you know, I, I could I could see the boys all the way in front of me, so yeah, I knew, you know. And with the amount of cameras and things that were around, you couldn't mistake being at the front of the race. To be honest, it was um, yeah, it was it was quite special. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, regardless of how long it lasted or what happened, like, it's just an amazing, um, I can imagine it just being an amazing field to be to be first at some point in the race in probably the top race uh, of this year, certainly, and, and, and pro hopefully in the future, one of the top races that there will ever be, you know, that, that kind of feel. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was definitely. And I mean, you know, all the messages that I've got from people, you know, it, I, I think... I didn't realise what I was doing in the race as much as after I got back and sort of saw the messages from people and actually saw what, um, how big the race was. I think that was sort of when it, when it started to hit me that actually, you know, this, this race is probably the biggest race that triathlon's seen. Well, it's the biggest race that triathlon's seen this year. And yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, going into the race, I, I didn't have any expectations of, you know, leading the race or when you look at the boys that are there, you know, you've got the Brownies, you've got Schumann, you've got Vance and Louis, you've got, you know, Keenley, Sanders. I would never have ever dreamed of sort of even running with them, let alone leading the race. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was a moment I don't think I'll forget in a hurry, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing to take away from that is definitely you should be incredibly proud of how you've raced and you shouldn't take that as a, as a one-off. And it's not something that's come out of the blue. You are a phenomenally strong triathlete and you will continue to perform on these high stages. And that's, that's your new reality, mate. It's where you're going to be for the next coming years. <laughs> yeah, it's so. just a start. Yeah, exactly. It's your, um, your best performance, I would say, that's in a big field like that. But you've had phenomenal performances in other races. And it's, um, I mean, it's kind of your forte is that middle distance. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've had a few good races this year. So I mean, I, I, my confidence was was quite good going into it. Like you know, as I say, I got, I got second in Poland and second at Outlaw, and yeah. So I knew I knew it was there, and I knew I was 
I'd, I'd been consistent throughout the year, so it, it definitely gave me confidence. And and, I, and as I say, you know, racing with confidence, it tends to, you know, it tends to give you that extra level. Um, so, yeah, you know, going into next year, I'm certainly hopeful that I'll be mixing it up again. Um, that's that's got to be the aim. Just on the subject of races in the middle distance, uh, I know yeah. you raced in the ETU middle distance in 2018. Um, yeah, because yeah. I, I was there as well, albeit as a humble age grouper. <laughs> Can we expect to see you at any of the ETU stuff again? I know next year's um, Austria, I'll be there in my little age group suit. Can we expect to see you on the start line? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. There's no reason why not. Um, you know, I, 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 as with as with all the ETU stuff for GB, it's it's selection. It's you know you've got to be selected for the elite stuff. You can't just um, put your name down so th- there's always that um, barrier I suppose but yeah no it's you know I think it's a race I really enjoyed and th- there's no there's no feeling quite like pulling on a GB suit no matter what level it is so it's always something that I, I try to fit them in when I can yeah for sure so I'll, I'll be back whether or not it's you know 21 or a couple of years down the line but I'll definitely try and fit them in again. I've got a question that um, it actually struck me yeah. I, I, earlier in this week. I listened to the the Oxygen Addict podcast that you did with Rob, and um, there was when when you were talking about one of your dreams, one of your main ambitions was doing Kona, and um, and and you said actually now that your your kind of run has gone on to the next level, you're, you're actually probably going to focus on middle distance for the next couple of years. And I was like, I was h- hoping that Rob didn't ask this question. Luckily, he didn't. He asked a lot of good questions. There was one <laughs> I was like, I really wanted to know the answer to, and he didn't a- ask it. And I was like, amazing, I'm going to ask it. And it was like. Yeah. Well, obviously you've trained, you said in, in the podcast, you trained, um, you know, 30 hour weeks for the last five, six years and probably trained a lot before that as well. And, you know, did a lot of other stuff, but something has clicked with the running and it was always strong, but it's obviously got stronger to the point that you're like, I can mix it with the middle distance boys. So was there anything that you changed in your training or in your setup that, that would account for that, the running shift? Cause I was like, some people do just click, obviously, and get a bit faster. But I just wondered if they, that was the process with you, or whether you something changed and you got faster because of it. No, yeah, there was there was a few big changes in. So last last year, I was training um, as part of the Loughborough performance setup, so sort of as a part of the British Triathlon Centre um, in Loughborough. So I was sort of following their run plans of sort of a track, you know, a track session a week, a tempo session a week, and then over Christmas and obviously with lockdown and everything, I moved. I moved, I came back home with my parents, um, just for, for various reasons. And actually I just, I, I moved into a routine that suited me. And actually I don't, I think the very top end track work that I've been doing, yes, it's great. But to me, it takes a lot out of my week. It's sort of quite high impact and it takes a lot. So I've, I've done a lot more, um, recently is just around that threshold zone. So not crazy fast running, um, but actually more the paces you're going to be running or you want to be running in a race um and it means that i can back up the session you know i can probably add in an extra session a week and back them up week on week as opposed to doing a track session on a tuesday and then actually the wednesday is pretty much a write-off you know for any sort of intensity um which is what it had been the last probably four or five years when i was when i was you know because those track sessions you'd you'd leave it all out there and you'd go home pretty pretty spent 
And I think, I mean, it's going to, different things will work for different people. And I'm not saying that's the right answer for everybody's running. Um, but I think just, you know, that for me was definitely the, the game changer. It is something I'll definitely um, look at trying to work, sort of keeping my plan going forward. Um, you know, the speed stuff has a place. And, I'm, you know, def- definitely it has a place. But I think there's a, um, you know, you've got to change it throughout the season. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, that's great because that's what I was wondering. And, and you, you're right when you say it, it's like that would definitely allow you to be that little bit more consistent rather than right off the next day. You can you can get another session of a decent standard in there rather than nothing at all because your legs are blown to bits. Yeah, and I think it I think it also, without sort of consciously thinking, I think it's actually made my riding stronger as well because I haven't been carrying that fatigue. Um, so actually, I think the biking has come on a lot more as well because of that, um, which isn't something that I suppose I thought about that much before. And it's something that's definitely made a big difference to, to the way I ride. And I'm not sure before these last few months if I would have been able to stay in that bike pack in Daytona if I, you know, if I carried on with the running I was doing. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, think, I think now I found a formula that works for me. Um, as I say, it probably it will be different for everybody, but it's something definitely something to, to consider, sort of the impact of one session on the next, for sure. I've, I've got to say, on the subject of your riding, there was one point where you dropped off the front pack by maybe five, five seconds in the race in Daytona, and I thought, this guy, his face looks like he's suffering. He's going through a bad place here. And that was probably with about two, three laps to go. But Yeah, I was going to say lap 18. <laughs> yeah, you remember it, do you? <laughs> he knows yeah, I, it. I do. I do. <laughs> and there was, there, I thought, I thought that's it. I thought he's gone too hard on the bike. He's tried to keep with the big boys, and he's gonna, he's gonna go. But you absolutely smashed it back up. And to see you kind of recover from that position, what was that that was kind of really struggling at that point? So the the unique thing with Daytona is obviously we were riding past the lapped athletes. Yeah. Um, and as we were going past the lapped athletes, the front group would, it would all merge and gaps would open. Um, so I think probably, I don't know, three, four laps before that, maybe. Um, I think there'd been a gap go just in front of Johnny or Henry Schumann. And I, I was probably three or four athletes further back from that. So I think I, I had to go then round once we'd overtaken the lap tactics, I had to go around Johnny and Henry. And from then on, it was me trying to work back up to the front pack. So although lap 18 was the lap I looked like I was really suffering, that was actually the lap that I think I'd pretty much just caught back up um, because that split had opened and I'd been pushing pretty hard for two or three laps to try and, you know, to try and get myself back in the game because um, those boys couldn't seem, to, couldn't seem to or didn't want to close it. Not quite sure which, but... I'm, rel- I'm reluctant to say Johnny Brown, he couldn't shut a gap. But <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was. <laughs> Something was going but, on. But you did, so there you go. That's all we can tell yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely. Yeah. And on the subject of, obviously, you earlier mentioned the, the huge camera presence they had, the massive truck, the kind of photographers dotted yeah. around. I also noticed in the build-up, they had kind of this, this area full of Wahoo trainers and kind of massive fans and stuff like that for the build-up yeah. to the race. Obviously, that was all put on by the PTO. What else were they doing differently that kind of hasn't been able to be done before by triathlon kind of companies? Because they obviously seem to have a lot more uh, structure behind it and a lot more yeah. kind of love for the yeah. pros as well, which is really awesome to see. Yeah, amazing. 
No, yeah, no, it, it was it was very different to how um, the other the other sort of organisers treat treat the pros. Um, sort of, especially at Ironman events, you're sort of almost seen as, and I understand, you know, we're seen as cost because at the end of the day, we take prize money, we take spots that could be filled by age group athletes racing um, and that sort of thing. But I mean, the PTOs, um, they sort of, they really put a lot of stuff behind us. Like we had specific sessions where we could go and they hired the track for us to ride on every day. Um, you know, they, they paid for pool hire down the road so we could go and train in a swimming pool for the week leading into the race. Um, you know, they, what else did they, they, oh yeah, they, they, we did, I mean, we did three or four, um, photo shoots in the week, you know, both for, for them and for, and for photos that they gave to all of us for free to use, um, both going forward and to give to the brands that sponsor us. Um, so, you know, they sort of really... They really pushed that side of it, and I think you know, and they, and then they put media training on after the race for us, you know, to, to sort of help going forward. Um, and it's just little things like that, you know. It was just the whole week was made as easy as as easy as it could be. Um, you know, the, the hotels were a kilometre from the racetrack. You know, just yeah, just that, you know, the little things that all add up to actually make it a lot easier for us to, to turn up and put on a good race. Um, and I think that's why, you know, I think that's why, why we all committed to the race so much because they'd, um, you know, they'd invested in us during the week and it almost felt like, you know, now's our turn to, to do our thing. Yeah, it just, it seems like it struck such a difference to me from other events like kind of Challenge Daytona is a big race, but I'd been to other big international races before and there just hadn't been that support. So I went to Challenge Ross probably 20, it must have been 2019. Yeah. And I went for a swim the day before the race and I saw two professional athletes in the, busy, the middle of this busy, like completely public pool with kids going down slides and stuff. And these are some of the best athletes in the world. And you think in no other sport would these guys be having to avoid people doing the like bombing and the like spraying people no, with yeah. guns yeah, yeah, yeah. the day before the race. So to sort of hear that they are in a position where they can support these guys and give you what you need to perform at the best on the day to make it the best spectator sport is just awesome and yeah and no, it, it just makes it so much easier when you're going to a race you don't have to think about where the swimming pool is how you're going to get from your hotel you know rock, oh, am I going to ride down to a race site get a flat on the way that sort of thing you know it's all just it all just takes away from the stress and actually it means that as you say we can put on a better show for for them to to broadcast um, yeah, I think the exactly, biggest thing exactly, they invested yeah. in was actually the broadcast. Um, you know, that was that they they put a lot of money into that broadcast, and I think you know as much as that was for for us, that was for triathlon and for the you know for the enjoyment as well. Um, so yeah, and I, th I think they you know they, they they're learning and they don't say they're doing everything perfectly, um, but I think you know they've certainly made a good start um, from what I experienced anyway. <laughs> And I think the most important part about all of that is they're they're in they're doing it from the right place. They're doing it from a, a place of positivity and of, of promoting the athletes, and rather than milking everyone for everything they can. I I've got yeah. a real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's well documented with me, and I won't I won't ask you for your opinions on it because I don't. You know, you're a professional triathlete, but I've got a real thing with Ironman. In you know, in the last three years, I've just been 
in this constant battle. I've not actually ever done an Ironman because the, I was three weeks out from my first one and got hit by a car in Copen. Uh, I was going to do oh, right, Copenhagen right. and um, broke my collarbone. And, you know, I didn't get my money back on that one, but that's fine because they've already set the race up and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. the next couple of years, I've just been just on this constant trying to do an Ironman and not being able to. And that, I, I, let's just say I don't believe they're massively helpful and... The, the, the reason I love this whole PTO thing, and actually I do, I've, I've, had, I've got a lot of time for challenge. George and I met doing a challenge race in Rome and, yeah. you know, they always feel more, more family oriented anyway. But PTO is, if you're a triathlete, if you're a real triathlete at heart, you're just proud to be associated with a brand that is by triathletes for triathletes and supporting our pros because you know you watch the, the the pros time and time again at Ironman probably not get what we all believe they deserve and I'm I'm hoping that this is like a new dawn like a new kind of company that will come in and do all these things for the right reasons and it, it just looks that way early on and it's really really encouraging I mean we've convinced Sam Rainouf I think it's how you pronounce his name the, the, the CEO of PTO to, yeah, to yeah. come on here in the next uh, few weeks just in early January so I'm, I'm really excited oh, to see cool. where it goes. Better learn how to pronounce his yeah. name first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, Sam, Sam's a great guy. Ben is in a toxic relationship with Iron Man, basically. <laughs> yeah. I love them, but I hate them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, the sad thing is they're, they're such a big part of our sport. And um, as, as professionals, you know, if we, if we, could get away with not racing Ironman. I think we would um, from the way they look after you. Um, but so much of our sport still revolves around Kona and around, you know, they've got the world champs. There's no, there's no, there's no way to dress it up. You know, that, that, is, that is what they've got at the minute. And that's their sort of, you know, that, that, that's what they've got over the other brands. Um, and I think, I'm sure Sam will sort of put more on this when he comes on, but... The, the PTO tried to go to Ironman and be like, look, can we put some money for the pros in your races? And Ironman said, no. Ironman said, we don't want your money. Um, so, you know, that, that, yeah, you know, that, that to professionals didn't, didn't sit very well. Yeah, um, I mean, they do, they do a lot of things right yeah. and a lot of people love them, Ironman, and I'm not slamming Ironman completely because oh, I still, I still yeah, want to do one. But at the end of the day, I want our professional triathletes especially to be rewarded for being the, the top of the game. Like, they're the best of the best. You guys are, like, the best of the best in our sport that we love. So we want you to be rewarded. And this is a good start, I think. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. It, it, felt, it felt like the start of something, uh, you know, that something's changing. Um, and hopefully that, that rolls across the other brands. Um, because don't get me wrong, as, as you say, I, I enjoy racing the Ironman stuff and... They put on some great races, um, you know, and, I, and at the end of the day, I came into this sport because I heard of Ironman. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 will, I will continue to do their races. And, you know, as I say, you appreciate what they've done for the sport. But I just think some of the things they, they go about in the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, competition is going to make everyone be and do better, right? And that's, that's where we should be look, yeah, looking at. That's the, that's the key. It's just more competition to make everything better for us. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, the, the PTO aren't just for, for the professionals. I think that's the biggest thing. It will, I know it looks like it at the minute, but there will be the, the sort of the trickle-down effect to the age groupers, and they are looking a lot more at how to improve the age group experience and the age group racing and that sort of thing. So although 
it is just pros at the minute. Obviously, they're you know they're they're what less than probably less than a year old, you know. So I, th I think it's it's going to be good for the sport, and I think it's going to improve the experience of everyone involved. Hopefully. Yeah. And talking of the future of the sport, have you got any big plans for next year? Hoping that everything's back to normal. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that's. I think you, you just hit the nail on the head. That if, if everything's back to normal, I'd love to. You know, I'd, I'll, ultimately, I want to qualify for the World Seventy Point Threes next year. That's the big goal. Um, quite how I get there, I don't know yet. It depends what races happen and you know what what races what races we can get to. I, I before this year, I would have said I wanted to go to Kona next year. Um, but actually with that race in Daytona and, you know, the couple of races I've had this year, I think, I think I'm going to hang around at 70.3 for a bit longer. Um, you know, give it, give it a couple more years at least and, and see what I can do. Yeah, you're so young still. At World Champs. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, have you got any other questions, boys? I think we're well, that, kind of... Do you know what? I do have one and that was, that was, um basically how you started really and, and because of you you know you're still in your 20s and what what I quite I'd like to know your take on what it used to be like when when athletes went through their kind of triathlon journey if especially like you're like my age or whatever you would start with sprints and you would do sprints and olympics and then when you got a bit older and you can't mix it you go to middle distance and then you realize that you can just like do an ironman to complete and what we what yeah. we're seeing now which i really really like especially in the pro side of things is um you know we're getting young young pros coming in straight into the middle distance and long distance scene whereas yeah, whereas perhaps that used to be once the itu thing is done you go straight there and actually i think it's, it's been really really good for the middle distance and long distance scene to see athletes as, as amazing as, as as you and george and people like that come straight in um are you seeing more and more more kind of people your age get into kind of that distance yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you look at some of the guys that race this weekend, you've got, you know, Sam Long's quite a, quite a popular example. He came, he's basically just gone straight in at 70.3. Um, so, it's, you know, it's definitely something that's happening more and more. But I, I came into it through the ITU stuff because I was at Loughborough University when I started triathlon. And the squad there is pure, I wouldn't say, it is mostly set up for ITU style racing. Um, because that's where the funding comes from and that's where, you know, that's where the, the Olympics is based, basically. Um, so I started down at, at sort of at that distance and, yeah, it, I knew it was never really for me. I, I, I didn't have that, I didn't have, and I still don't have that sort of sprint. I, I'm like, I think my max power on the bike is probably 800 watts for like five seconds. That's probably, you know, the best I've got. Um, and you look at these ITU boys and they're, you know, they're, they're far, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd be left standing. So I knew I was going to always go to the, to the um, sort of longer distance. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I think I probably will go, I will go to Ironman at some point. It's just when the time is right, um, to be yeah. honest. I, th I just think you're raising the bar. That's what it looks like to me is that you're not just going there because you can no longer mix it. You are, you're, you could mix it and you can mix it at middle distance. And the people that are at middle distance have really had to up their game now because you've got that you guys coming through that they just, it, it's a different kind of racing to what it was even five years ago. No, definitely. I think, you know, the, the, it used to be the case that middle distance was sort of very similar to Ironman and that it was your own race. You were racing yourself. 
Um, you know, that sort of typical Ironman, I look at my numbers and I stay with them. Um, and now, now it's definitely moved more to a, you actually have to race a 70.3. Um, although, although it's four hours, you, you know, you've got to, you can't just follow your plan. You've got to, if somebody makes a big break on the bike, you've got to go with it. You, you know, you might be pushing more power than you want to, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely become more of a, more ITU in that format. And I think the biggest thing that's improved is actually the swim speeds because a lot of the time that people go, oh, long distance, you don't need to swim. It's, you know, it's, it's a bike run, basically. The swim's just a warm up. I've heard that so many times, but actually now with all the ITU boys coming through to be front packing a long distance race, you've got to be a good ITU swimmer. You know, you've got to be at least front half of most ITU fields to be in that front pack. Um, and if you're not, unless you're sort of an Uber biker, like a, you know, a keen there, someone like that, then it's, it's very tricky to get back on terms because the boys are just all, you know, all so fast and they can all run crazy fast as well. So there's just sort of no weaknesses now. Yeah, it's a proper, proper race, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I mean, and I, even in sort of the two, three years that I've been doing 70.3s, I've noticed the difference in certainly the swim um, and actually the dynamics of the race as opposed to when I started. So, you know, it, it's great to see it moving on. And I've got one just to jump in as well. Um, what does off-season look like for you now then? Obviously, you've just come <laughs> off the back of Daytona. Giving yourself a bit of a break or...? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, this this year has been a weird one. I, I've had a bit of a bit of a easier week in that I've not really had any structure the last sort of five six days. Um, it's just been, you know, ride ride the bike as you want. Um, I've ridden the turbo a couple of days and watched and rewatched Daytona as uh, a <laughs> nice. Towns. I've watched, watched myself. Um, <laughs> Why not? I respect that a lot. I respect yeah. that a lot. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've had a couple of easy days. I had a week, um, a week pretty chilled in the middle of the year when it was a bit unknown as to what racing was happening. Um, but I mean, I think as far as off season goes, I'll probably start rolling back into some sort of structure next week. Um, you know, it won't, it won't be full on. It will just be, you know, there'll still be some sessions in there just for, just for fun. Um, and then I'll probably, and then once, once I get to sort of, Christmas, the new year, that's when, you know, you really get the head down for sort of a good three, three months or so to try and hit those, those early season races, I suppose, um, provided they happen. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 still, it's still a bit unknown. So, so yeah. And what about sponsors? Um, I don't know if you want to give them a shout out who sort of sponsors you through this season, who's been there for you, because I know it's been a rough season and sponsors have helped out a lot of athletes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the main one that sort of I've been with for a couple of years is Erdinger, um, Erdinger Alcohol Fry. Um, you know, they've they're sort of been my main sponsor for the last couple of years. Um, and then, you know, I mean, some, some, some of the sponsors have decided that they're going to move on at the end of this year, but I've been riding, you know, felt bikes and some three wetsuits. And I mean, but, you know, people can see, see who, who support me over on, you know, social media. And I, I you know, I, I, I appreciate who support me. Um, you know, they know that. And, you know, I'm, I, I put it out all over social media for, you know, who support me. And at the end of the day, you know, it, I, it, I, we couldn't do what we do without them. So it's always appreciated. And, you know, even, even if after this year, which, you know, has been a tough year for them as well, you know, if it's not right for them to carry on supporting me, then 
you know, I, I support, I, I'm thankful for the support so far, to be honest. So, and do you want to give a shout out to your social yeah. media? Do you want to kind of get any particular mentions in there? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not massive on social media, but the biggest thing I do on social media is my Instagram page, to be honest. Um, you know, that's, that's where most of my stuff is. Um, yeah, so if you want to head over and follow me, great, but expect it to be a lot of triathlon related stuff. That's all I'll, uh, that's all <laughs> yeah. I'll say. If you love, if you love triathlon, I'll put, I'll put all the details. Exactly. Like, right, in the, in the exactly. notes for the podcast, I'll put all the details anyway, so they can always yeah, come and great. find you and have a look. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to see a few pictures of bikes or whatever. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I'm just looking now. It's pure triathlon. There's, there's no dogs. There's it, no photos of your breakfast. Oh. No, no. That's it all is, there is in yeah, mine. It, it is triathlon. Mine's, mine's the exact opposite. It's my dog and breakfast. It's pancakes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks yeah. for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks, Sam. Thanks for kind of the hookup as well. Yeah, it's really good to chat to you, Tom, no, no. and congratulations again on your race last week, and uh, hopefully it kind of brings a new step into some amazing performances in the future for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what next season brings for you, mate. That's, uh, it was an amazing performance last week, and we were all buzzing when we were watching it with, with all of you guys, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what next season brings. No, thanks a lot, and thanks for having me, guys. It's been, uh, it's been good fun, and yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully next year's a bit, a bit better for everyone than, than this was. Yeah, fingers crossed we'll all get to race next year and everyone listening that wants to race gets to race. That's the dream, right? Ben will finally yeah, get no, to do an Ironman. I'll get to do... I may get to do an Ironman. <laughs> 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 you never know. Right, shall I play us out? Right, we actually... Are you theme ready for this? Go. We even have a, a longer... It does get a bit awkward actually when we just sit here dancing for, for 30 seconds, but yeah, everyone everyone has to stay until this is over. It's kind of the, the rules of the podcast. <laughs> it was too long at the start and it just got awkward. Ah, oh, there you go. Another podcast done. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And thanks for coming on, Tom. And there we go. Another podcast, another week, and another really good episode, in my humble opinion. And a huge thanks again to Tom Davis for coming on to the show and letting us know what it's like for a pro to race and prepare and, you know, everything they do. It's really, really great to have an insight into that world, a world... Alas, I shall never be a part of. I just turned into Alan Partridge there when I said that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of it. As always, if it's brought any value, if you've enjoyed it, make sure that you give us um, a five stars or a review. Anything can help. And if you want to find me, I'm on YouTube at This Messy Happy. Um, same on Instagram. And, and Sam is at Beg Sam on Instagram. And George is at George underscore Steel underscore. And Steel is S-T-E-E-L-E. So that's where you can find us and find out a little bit more about us. And we have a Fitness Freaks podcast Instagram page as well that always puts up the content and lets you know when, when new shows are out. Right, until next week, peace out. It's been Fitness Freaks.